it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. This episode is sponsored by The Hilltop Services. Our mission is to provide business professionals with assistance for all of their administrative needs. Book a consultation today at thehilltopservices.com. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am super excited about today's episode. I had the pleasure in interviewing Stephanie Anderson. Stephanie is the owner of the Living Room Hair Lounge in Ferndale, Michigan. Stephanie is a successful beauty business owner. She also will be opening some salon suites soon. And she shared her journey to success with us. She's been in this industry for almost 31 years, guys. That is absolutely amazing. She doesn't look like it. And she is very passionate about the beauty industry. And we can all learn a lot from her and her path. I really enjoy learning about the ways she even entered into this industry and how she has continued her success and how passionate she is about helping other hairstylists along the way. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor, and we have an awesome guest today, Stephanie Anderson. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi, how are you? Good, good, can't complain. How are you today? I am doing well. I am doing well. Happy to be here. Happy. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast. So I want to just get started before we get into the business stuff. I want to just get started by, uh, you know, asking you something about yourself that most people would not know. So tell us something about you that most people would not know. Well, um, I am a master hairstylist and um, educator. I have been doing hair for 30 years plus. It'll be actually, it'll be 31 years um, coming up soon. And um, I, I love doing hair. Um, the owner of the Living Room Hair Lounge. Um, yeah, uh, hair is my thing. Hair is definitely my thing. Um, I specialize in short hair, um, getting off into some color right now. And I also, um, really love training um the training is now becoming more due to our industry the black industry um getting more into um specialized skills so that has been a big deal for me here lately so i'm excited about that okay great great well you told us you know stuff about yourself most people may know but what what is something that most people may not know about you like tell us like you know something different that you like to do or a hobby or something that maybe people don't know about you (laughs) oh okay um i love gardening um haven't been able to do it as much because hair has been um keeping me busy but um I have been gardening uh, for oh, really? some time. So do yeah, you have, yeah. Do you have green thumb? Do you grow things? I think I do. Yeah, I think I do. Um, I'm starting on a project in um, in the spring or well, whenever. I, actually, I'm saving my compost right now for a uh, 
a garden in the back to grow my own food because I, I do lead a vegan lifestyle. So that's something that some people might not know about me, that um, I'm a vegan. And um, actually, that was tied to me into the hair industry where you're keeping yourself healthy. Like I said, I've been doing hair for 30 years, and I understood that um, in order for me to stand that long, to do it that long, I must be passionate about it, and I must be healthy. So I had to change um, my eating lifestyle for that reason. Um, it just sustains me a little bit longer. So I decided to start growing my own food. And I want to see how it goes. I'm I'm excited to take on take on that journey. It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. so, you, so you've been in this industry for over thirty years. Now, is hair something that you always wanted to do? Were you always interested in doing hair growing up, or how did you? No, not at all. No. no. Um. No, I I didn't even know. You know how the average teenager, 20-year-old or whatever would curl their own hair. I, I was good at perming my hair and, um, you know, uh, silking it out and curling it or whatever. But I really never thought about doing hair. And um, I moved here from Pontiac and um, I needed a job. So was working at Target really wasn't satisfied with Target. Then I moved to the east side of Detroit and um, found a job at a new, newly opened um, beauty supply. So I was like the token girl in there walking around with the shopping cart, um, probing everybody, seeing if they needed anything. <laughs> and, um, you know, hairstylists would come in and they would look real, you know, they, you know, hairstylists got this air about them. So they would look really uh, fly. So I'm thinking like, wow, I never had, I never thought about it here. So I was at all. I never thought about being that. I, that wasn't part of my plan. And so I asked, uh, I, I'm not sure what I asked the person, um, but I asked about it. And um, I found out that the hair school uh, that I attended was down the street. So that was funny how I ended up in that area. If I told you the whole story, how I even ended up in Detroit, that that's a whole nother podcast. But <laughs> yeah, um, ended up uh, going to Mauricio's right down the street from my house. And, and and that's where it began. I didn't even know I had a knack for it, but found out from my father that I had a long line of um, hairdressers in my family on his side. So it must be in my blood. I had no idea. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. So you're definitely uh, passionate about it now. Now you uh, specialize in short hair. Now, how did you decide to just specialize in that niche? Because, you know, some people do a variety of things or, you know, some people, uh, offer multiple different things, but you, you decided to just really specialize in short hair. What, uh, what made you go that route? Well, um, actually I didn't, um, I'm the type of person that allows, I allow myself to be led to whatever I'm supposed to be doing. I never really like carve out a path. I kind of get a, a leading. So, um, the salon I worked in on the east side, the first salon, 
Uh, it was a Jay Perry. I'm sure some of the listeners have um, heard of Jay Perry before. It's on East Warren. Um, Mr. Hill owned it. Very, very good man. He, he was a very good man. Um, and uh, the salon was very small. I think it was like four of us in there. And uh, Marlo Wilson was um, one of my friends slash stylist. And she, she was excellent at everything. I mean, excellent. Um, and Marlo taught me a lot and she would always tell me like, she wouldn't show me per se. She would like figure it out. Think about it. Think about it. And, um, (laughs) so she would, she would, she would show me some things. And, uh, a lady came in one day and she wanted a short haircut. I was thinking to myself, okay. Oh, you know, in school, they only really teach you the basics and and Marie still say it was really bare minimum basics it wasn't any styling it wasn't i mean it was very 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 basic um so i didn't really know how to do a short haircut which most people actually don't when they come out of school it's Mm -hmm. something that's very it's very intimidating super intimidating because once the hair is gone it's gone so um the lady came in she was really uh strong-willed a little harsh you know, just really extra. So at the time we were wearing the, the uh, small pencil curls and the um, spray it in uh, stencil champagne glasses and you know, stars and designs in the head. So I, um, you know, I had to take on all of that. So she said, can you cut my hair? I'm thinking, oh, wow. Uh, so no. She was like, you can do it. No, I really can't do it. I, I, I really did. This is my first time. You know, I was new in the salon, too, so I was super intimidated. She said, I'm going to sit here. I think you can do it. So she sat down, and Marlo somewhat walked me through it as much as she could, but she didn't really want to tell me again. She wanted me to kind of figure out and learn on my own. So I did the cut, and um, the lady became one of my regular clients, and it worked out well. And ever since then, um, I've been doing short hair so strange. I can't even tell you. And then um, I ended up working downtown at John Gooden Salon. That was my first mission-based salon. And um, by then, I was decent at it. And um, I got better as people came. So, you know, with anything else, as with anything, you you um, you grow as you do more. So I got more experience the more I did. So that's how it came to be. Wow, that's interesting because it's as if I almost kind of think that lady was put there just to like show you that you had that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Did yes, you yes, yes. You had that in you. So for some reason, she trusted that you could cut her hair. Yes, and she, she did. And she sat in your chair and she was right. And you've been cutting short hair. Yes. So wow, that is awesome. And I always say to myself, God, I wish I can see her today. Oh, Lord, that would probably blow her mind. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, but you know what? He used her. I believe that. He, he used her at that point because you didn't really know that that was a part of your gift. Like you said, that was the direction you was led in because this lady wanted you to cut her hair. Yep, yep, yep. And that's why I say... um, I don't like um, discount anybody that come into my space because everybody is being used for something to show you something. And I just say this year um, 
I decided to take on uh, the year of yes. I don't know if anybody heard of um, the Chandra, Chandra Rhymes. Um, and I heard her speaking in an interview uh, with Oprah, um, and she was talking about uh, her saying yes, that she was going to make that particular year the year of yes. So if anybody asked her out to do anything or take on a project or do whatever, she she would say yes. So I adopted that uh, idea, and I decided to take that on. And it's just funny how – but I think I've always been like that. I've always been like a risk taker. Um, uh, a trailblazer type because if you knew my life before, I was always stepping out. So I'm never really afraid to do anything. So when she came in, I mean, I was nervous, but I was like, okay, well, whatever. You know, if if you don't like it, whatever. You don't like it. So, yeah, but continuing to say yes to things that are scary, but going on anyway. Uh, yeah, I've heard that, uh, not necessarily from her, but I've heard uh, different philosophies around that, you know, around saying yes. And yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so I have heard different philosophies around that. Yes. Yeah. And, and sometimes you do have to say yes and just step out and inspire the fear. Because sometimes, you know, we're saying no because of fear. You know, yes. so we're saying yes. no to different things because we're afraid or we don't know. So we're, we're just quick to say no all the time. So I think yeah. it, it takes either, bravery to, to say yes on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. And even afraid of rejection, you know, or, or what, you know, what our perceived um, theory is or, re, or just afraid of somebody telling us no. I've even that now that has been a big deal lately. You know, I'm never afraid to step out on my own, you know, just doing my own thing. But when you have to ask someone for something or, uh, you know, yeah, when you have to ask for assistance in, in areas that you might be lacking in um, asking people in here, afraid of rejection or afraid of no. So that's been huge for me lately. Like um, if you. I've been listening to Gary Vee. He is really strong. Will I'm not sure if people are familiar with him, but he is yeah, everybody super strong. With Gary <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh boy, he is so strong. <laughs> yeah, but um, I I heard a uh, a podcast the other day about you know rejection, and like what's the the what's the worst somebody going to say? I mean, no, is not, a, if you can't, if people keep saying no, eventually you got to get your yes. So he was talking about, um, a guy that Netflix, the founder of Netflix mm-hmm. or yeah, the, uh, how he was, um, how he went in for an interview and they, they had 36 people in for the interview and all of them were told no, but the one they were, look they were looking for the one that came back to, um, you know, ask them why or what can they do or is there any other thing that that can be done to get the job or whatever. And he got the job because he came back and he didn't accept no for an answer. So I thought that was really, really good. I'm like, wow, who does that? (laughs) But that was interesting. You know, I I learned that in sales because, see, I have a sale, a strong sales background. And so Uh I used to do cold calling. All of that stuff, it was torture. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, um, people told me no all day. 
you know so i had to i had to have this mentality where you had to you know get through the nose to get to the yeses so i'm not yeah. to ask for what i want because i have that sales background and i'm i'm not scared of a no and i love that mm -hmm. i have that experience because i think otherwise i would have been scared of no's but it's sometimes you know suffering for some reason i'll get like that but then i i remind myself that okay next like like if if the customer that i'm um offering something to don't want what i'm offering oh that's okay next and sometimes mm -hmm. no no isn't forever sometimes no maybe not today but they may come back to you at a later day maybe you know you never know what their situation is it could be a financial thing it could be they're not ready or they need to talk it over with their spouse or whatever the situation may be or they need to think about it but sometimes i've had people say no but then come back you know what i'm saying so no no isn't necessarily always no and then even if it is okay next get, get through to that no tell me no so i can go to the next person next next yeah so thank yeah. you next like uh <laughs> like, that's say, but it's for real it's for real so yeah uh, once you learn to get through the no's, uh, whatever, you can get to, to your yeses and you don't have to worry about that. So I love that terminology. And I feel like, you know, being a salesperson and doing cold calling, yeah, really helped me um, with that area in my life. But, you know, I am so intrigued by the fact that you've been in this industry for so long and you don't even look like it. You don't look like what you've been through. But uh, what do you think is the, one of the biggest misconceptions that people have when they're looking to get into the beauty industry? Um, that they're going to make a lot of money right away. Um, I really uh, want uh, stylists entering into the field to know that it's a, it takes time to build, just like with anything else. I mean, um, the millennials coming in, they really have uh, a misconception about how how it goes. That's why I'm, I'm really excited about having a salon that they can come into to grow. You start as assistant and you work your way up and you see how the process goes because you want to be skilled coming in. And I, they, they also uh, really need to understand that it's really not about the money. If you service the, the client correctly, if you give meet their needs, the money will come. It'll be easy. That's how I've been able to stay in the industry so long. It's because I, I absolutely adore it. I mean, I love it. It's like my being. I really love it. I really love making people feel special about coming into my home, which my salon, I call my home. It's like my second home because I'm, I'm there all the time. And um, it's the fact that when they come in, they want they want you to. Hello. Yes, I'm I'm listening. Huh? They want they want they want um, you to cater to them. They want to feel just like when we go places and we spend our money. We want um, we want to feel special. We want to feel catered to. We want um, great service. We want great hair we want to be talked to we want to laugh we want to hear good music you know just all of that so so yeah that's what um that's what has kept me in the industry so long just wanting to being able to cater 
to my clients and give them what they need. People want to feel special. I hear them oftentimes saying that when they go into salons, people are bougie, that they have want to speak. Um, even sometimes the stylists don't even give them the attention that they need. How can you be like that? Yeah. You know, so really they need to get the focus off of the money and start focusing on the skill and talent and customer service. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I always felt like, especially with hair, hair is a gifting. And I feel like if if your hands are gifted and you're passionate about it and your heart is in it, like you said, it's servicing people, then like you said, the money will come. But a lot of times people are looking like they see social media and they're looking at, they're looking at Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and they may see a, a, a hairstylist who looks, who may be successful in their business and they don't see what it took for you to get to that success. They just see the right. So they may not even have a passion for, for, for the beauty industry or for hair or for whatever it is. Um, but they see something that it, that looks like it's lucrative. So that's what attracts them to the industry. It is shows because there's people, I remember one time I was doing someone's makeup and I was just really getting into doing her makeup. So I, I guess I had a smile on my face. I didn't realize it. And so the lady said, you really enjoy what you do. And I said, yeah, I like to do yeah. it. And she said, I've had people do my makeup with a grim the whole time, you know, like, or, you know, just like this grim the whole time. But I was like, wow, maybe they don't enjoy what they, what they do. Maybe they're just doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, so yeah, I really, I'm really glad you touched on that because you know, you have to be passionate about your craft. And that's in anything that you do. If you're not passionate, you don't care about servicing the people. You don't care about what you're doing. And you don't put your all into it. It's going to show. So uh, yeah. and I, I really I really can't stand the fact that people will get into the beauty industry because it is a very lucrative in industry. People will get into this industry and they want to just do it just because they think it's a lot of money in it. And, that, and if that's the reason you're getting into it, then that's not the correct reason to get into this industry at all and even on top of that it's a personal service like you are actually touching people so most people that i come in contact with they i mean they're sensitive so you can feel the energy coming from a person um that if they if they don't want to service you if they feel some kind of way about you if they feel some kind of way about doing the service if they're tired if they're hungry if they're irritated you can feel all of that and touching people that's a big deal so you got to make sure that this is your right calling or you uh, mess up the whole thing anyway. You won't even get clients. And then there goes your reputation. People go, well, she wasn't, she didn't talk. Well, she wasn't friendly. Well, what we get in our salon is um, that everybody is very friendly. And that's like a requirement for you to even work with me because if coming in, you have a bad attitude, you won't even make it a week. I'll fire people right away. So I don't have a problem with that because I feel like you are a representation of me. And then when the client speaks about their experience at the living room, they're talking about the living room. They're not necessarily always talking about the salads. Oh, they were mean. Oh, they were rude. Oh, they didn't do this. They didn't do that or this, it, you know, so it's a reflection on me. So I absolutely can't um, allow anybody to come in who doesn't love doing hair. So it's it's a big deal. So that's really what has kept me 
uh, in the industry is long because people can feel that you love it. I mean, they can feel that. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. So how did you, so I know the living room, I know you uh, wanted it to feel like your home, but what made you decide to just go that whole route with your business name when naming your salon the living room here lounge? How did you come up with that? Actually, um, <laughs> so I worked in the in this space that I am right now. I worked uh, in the waiting room area that used to be my, my personal suite. Um, I had that for nine years, and um, I would have a rotation of clients coming through there. You know, I had my dryer set up on one side, a sofa, um, TV. You know, it was real homely feeling, and and that was after I left the storefront salon. And um, I uh, just felt like it it felt comfortable. Anywhere I go, I kind of – give off the air of comfort that's my thing I said um my in the future I would love to open a a boutique hotel that's kind of one of my dreams because I feel I have a gift with um hospitality I love people to feel good when they're in my presence so I would make it real cozy I mean they would leave their purses laying around sleep on the sofa I mean everybody was really warm to each other um we would have great conversation it was just like we were sitting in in somebody's living room so uh, one day, me and a few clients were talking about it, and they were always trying to encourage me to get a salon. So I was thinking, like, I really don't want that. And most people say that because it is a big responsibility to have a full-service salon or to just run a salon in general. And um, I was thinking, nah, I'm good. But I did understand that I had been standing behind a chair for a while. And was I going to continue to do this, or was I going to duplicate myself? So I had to start really thinking about it. So I decided to go to school for psychology. I said, well, I'm not opening this a lot. I want to um, become a psychologist. <laughs> I'm not sure oh, what I was thinking when I, when I was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I started taking classes at OCC and um, yeah, I was moving forward. Then one day, one of my clients suggested um, taking a class with Naja like the river. I'm not sure if you, I'm sure the audience is, is familiar with oh, her, but I don't know if you are, but oh, yeah, yeah, she's excellent. Yeah. Uh-huh. So she had a, she had a class coming up and it was a boot camp, uh, all day boot camp. And it was on Thanksgiving. I'm sitting in my class. Um, and uh, I needed to register and I was trying to really decide, okay, so I got this or that. I got a slide here. What? The egg? Tripping, tripping. I'm like, no, nah, I really, I really don't want to spend money to go nowhere. This is when I really started getting into going outward more in education um, because I was already good and I had been doing here a while and I had a full clientele. I really wasn't lacking anything that I thought, <laughs> but when I saw her, I, clearly I was lacking. So I, uh, I decided to go ahead. I stepped out in the hallway called the salon on the phone, registered for the class, and that's where it all began. When I registered for that class, I my clientele tripled when I got back. After I took the class, it was awesome. Awesome. I couldn't even handle the amount of people that I started getting when I took that class. And so I had to hire an assistant because it was just me um, doing my clients. I was handling it because I'm very fast. I'm efficient. I'm um I can multitask very well. So, but 
once my clientele started to build like that, I had to hire an assistant. So I hired an assistant and it kind of forced me to make another move. So I said, okay, what have I done? What have I done? So <laughs> me and my clients were sitting there and they were like, well, you should open a salon. You should, you should do something else. And I said, okay, well, all right, let's start thinking about this. So we were tossing around names. I was like, oh, well, what about the living room? This feels like a living room. Okay, yeah, everybody. Yeah, 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 living room. That sounds great. I'm like, okay. Um, then I said, well, what about the living room hair loft? Because this is kind of up in the sky, lofty, blah, blah, blah. So we started tossing around loft, apartment, <laughs> uh, lounge, you know, all of that. And so my client, Chanel Smith, hey, Chanel. <laughs> Chanel Smith, um, love her. She's been my longtime client. Um, she she was like, well, what about the living room here lounge? I said, oh, lounge, okay. That, that got a little ring to it. I love it. Okay, so we went with the living room here lounge, and um, that's that's how it went. That's how it went. And it's funny because every time I call another business to do business, you know, to talk, pay a bill. Um, add on and get a service or whatever. They're like, oh, I love that name. Love the name. <laughs> like, okay. So, yeah, it's just funny. Divine order in every area. I'm never knowing how I'm doing anything or what I'm doing, but it always works out every single time. Every single time. I just go with it. And then I'm learning that I don't know everything. I really literally always feel like a child all the time. So I'm okay. I, I don't really try to, try to be that savvy, smart, that well-spoken. I'm just real, and I'm just out here experiencing this thing on the cut edge, and I'm cool with it. You know, letting it leave right. me. I think I think that's what's great about life is that you'll never know everything, and so if you think that you know everything, then you've already lost. I mean, it's yeah. so many things that you can learn and you know, you'll never get to the point where you know everything and you 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 should always be learning because that's a part of living. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah. So you, so you went from, so how long was it before you, how long was it, um, did you work in other salons and, and have, you know, like the suite and do things like that before you finally, um, stepped out into the living room hair lounge? Well, um, again, I had been working, I started doing hair when I was 21 and then, um, worked in salons, booths, and, and this is, this, okay, so we don't touch on this. We're about to move this somewhere. <laughs> um, worked in booth rental salons at first, like for a long period of time and, uh, most of my twenties. And then, um, Marlo and I, we, we saw John Gooden salon in hair design magazine and I was thinking like wow that looks like a pretty cool spot to work I, I think I want to investigate so we went we called him we went there this at this time he was on um Washington Boulevard downtown and we called him we set up an interview they did a working interview with us and they liked us so we both went there and um it worked out for me I, I ended up staying for some years and John was a really good stylist. He taught you, like, to have fun with it. He taught you to upgrade yourself. You know, he really, we did a lot of shows. Um, 
you just had fun in the salon. It was a whole nother environment. So I learned that. And then that's when I started on commission. So I, I ended up uh, working with him for some time and then ended up uh, working with Darrell and Marlena Carr on, my, on Washington um, Avenue at the Turning Point. And I've, I've worked with some really great, great people. I, I'm, I feel such an honor because I don't even know how I got to these people, but it has been a great experience. Then worked at um, downtown um, with, uh, oh goodness, Iron Street Barbershop, where I was the only stylist there amongst uh, uh, all barbers. And that was a great experience as well. And then moved to uh, Shades of Grey in Ferndale. And that's how I decided to, that I wanted my own suite. I stayed there for about six months. So ended up at the living room. Well, Experience Hair Studio was the suite where I was in for nine years before getting the living room. So I've been owning the living room for six years now. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And you're doing you're doing some awesome things with the living room hairline. So tell us um a little bit about you're um gonna be opening some salon suites soon, right? Yes, um, I'm working on that now. So that project is taking me a little bit longer than I expected. Again, I said yes. And I went into this um, a little bit unprepared because it's a big project for one person. So it's taking me a little longer, but I'm, I'm sticking in with it. I, I really uh, want to see it through and it's going to be beautiful when I'm done. So my goal and vision is to um, eventually uh, when when new stylists come to me they stay with me for a period of time for an assist with it as an assistant and then they uh, transition to a chair commission base and I'm also looking to um, transition my whole staff over to W2 um, employee base team pay um, at which that time when they're ready to branch off on their own after they're done working with me they can transition to a suite in, into a suite that I own or wherever they want to go, but I I would love for them to come to stay with me under my umbrella so that you know it'll just keep going. And um, also the ones that desire to own salons, I can give them some coaching in that area. So right now I'm taking a year long salon course on um, team based pay, and I'm learning the ins and out of um, the employee structure based pay. So I, I feel like I've been in all of the areas. I've been a booth renter. I've been a commission-based stylist. And I've also, um, I'm also venturing into the W-2 aspect of um, employee-based pay with stylists. So it's, it's all exciting. It's all tying in together. I don't, again, I didn't ask for this. I was pushed to all of it. So, you know, I'm just open and willing to learn. And it's, it's really all about what you know about learning learning the processes. I think it's great that you're continuing education with even learning in the business side of beauty. So let's talk about the business side of beauty a little bit. Um, I know you're, you know, pretty much into the business side. Now you're handling things, you own a salon, you have a team and things like that. But, um, can you kind of to speak to um, as coming up, you know, since you was 21 in this industry, um, you know, what you've learned along the way about the business side of beauty, the beauty industry? 
One of the biggest reasons why entrepreneurs struggle to grow their business is because they are simply wearing too many hats. The Hilltop Services has over 10 years of professional administrative experience. Our mission is to provide business professionals with assistance for all of their administrative needs. By providing support through general administrative and executive assistance, our clients can focus on what drives income. We are confident that your business can grow and increase productivity. Our agency can assist in daily tasks that keep your business organized with great customer service being our top priority. Need assistance? Book your consultation today at thehilltopservices.com. So um, what I've learned so far is that the business side is really business. Like um, in school, they don't teach us a lot. Actually, they don't teach you anything. Well, maybe now. Now they had they touch on um, salon business, but I feel like that that really needed to be a part of the conversation when we were in school back in the day. They just literally taught you hair, but it's so much more to go into. Even when you're you're just a stylist or a beauty professional, um, knowing your ins and out with taxes, knowing about the insurance, knowing about all of those things. And as an owner, um, knowing the ins and outs as an owner, I have to take courses on all of this stuff. Like, if you just get thrown into it just as I did, it's not easy. You really have to figure it out. So I, I, I applaud myself because in the beginning, I really didn't know anything, but I pieced it together just by uh, my own experience as a commission-based stylist, as um, a booth renter, um, I pieced it together, but at some point I had to even go a step further and take more education. So just taking business courses um, along the way has helped me. You got to know about your profit and loss statements. You got to know about QuickBooks. You should know about the numbers or the pricing of it all. You know, how, how are you, are we pricing appropriately? And in our industry, um, in the black community, we have not been pricing appropriately for our services. That's why it's not respected or people say, oh, she charged too much or whatever, because they don't understand that it's business. We have to buy products. We are charging for the rate. We do the service hourly. We should be. Um, you know, when they go to Caucasian salons, they will pay for a color service for $500. But when we ask for it, it's different. That's because we have not been taught that, this is an actual service. So I feel like um, the business side is extremely important for people to touch on, or not touch on, go far in, because then it will, it will bring yourself worth up as a stylist or as a beauty professional, just to be confident in the fact that you know what you're doing, you know, because I, I feel like that's a big deal. That's a huge deal in our industry. We just came from a class in Vegas um, with Patrick Bradley. I'm not sure if anybody is familiar with Patrick Bradley, but he's like a really um, great client in the beauty industry. He specializes in uh, haircutting and coloring. And he really uh, ran it down to us about how um, the pricing should be for color. So we had to regroup again. You know, every time we take a class, we have to regroup in salon pricing. And, um, you know, you can't be afraid 
to charge what you're worth. So with more education, you level up, you know, you raise your standards a little bit more. And then, you know, people will respect you, especially if you're knowledgeable in the field, just like any other field. You know, if you, the more knowledge people have, the more you respect them and the more you want to pay them. So I feel like just knowing your numbers, knowing what your worth is and um, just getting more educated is is really important to the business side. So why do you think that people don't know what their worth is or they don't charge what their worth is? Why do you think that is within the, uh, the hair community, especially African-American? Why do you think um, we just don't have the knowledge of that and we're not doing that correctly? Because we just don't want to educate ourselves and we're afraid. We're afraid that we may lose clients. But as I'm learning, again, um, the fear factor, you have to eliminate that. But I know it's challenging for some people because, again, you've had the same clients forever. You don't want to lose them. You don't want to offend them. But they're going to be offended. Just, and, and, and really the thing is that people look at it the clients, if they look at it like, okay, they go to school, they get degrees, they get certificates or whatever to get raises, to elevate in their companies, and they do it. And then they don't, they don't look at us the same, but I make sure that I, that's why I post that me and my team are going here, we are doing this, we are doing that, because I want you to see. And you see us practicing it on Model Call Tuesdays so that you will know that you are getting ready to step up. So, you know, we plan on some things happening in the salon. We have already talked about different things that need to happen because again, we're shortchanging ourselves. And then we pay so much money to go to these classes um, to educate ourselves. We fly, you know, we drive and we have to incur the cost for that. So, I mean, while the clients are continuously getting upgraded, we are getting upgraded. So I have talks with my staff frequently about self-worth. And that's, that's another um, benefit in being uh, under an umbrella of a company or working with somebody that's more established. I'm not afraid. So they can stand behind me and say, oh, she set the prices. Oh, this is what it is. And if, if the client has a problem, they can come to me and I can explain to them, especially if you leave it out sweet. You leave it out with your hair exactly what you ask for. They bring in pictures. We have them emailing pictures. They do thorough consultations with us. We pick out the color. We talk about the health of the hair. We talk about what we're able to do and we give them pricing. And so why wouldn't you want to pay? Because if you went to a Caucasian salon, you would do the same thing. And if you go, when you go to other places, I mean, you know, they, they all have these nice bags, they go on vacations, but why is it that something that you would have on your head, you would not want to pay? So it's really um, the style of confidence and feeling good about what they do and know that it's worth it and know that they deserve it. So that could be a whole nother training course in confidence. <laughs> In pricing yeah, I confidence. agree. Now, you know what? It's interesting that you say that because that's not something I've seen, but I do realize it's a problem. Like, I cringe. I've seen some things on social media that make me cringe when it comes to pricing. Like, I've seen 
I'm doing $25 full faces. I'm doing $30 blowouts. I'm doing, you know what I mean? And I'm not understanding um, what this is. I think it's like part of it is desperation too. Like they're so desperate yeah. clients instead of like maybe taking a business class or instead of maybe, maybe if you are so desperate for a client that you got to charge $30 for a cut and curl or whatever, Maybe you should go get some training and work under someone who can train you to get your skills to the level, your confidence to a level where you can charge the proper rates before just stepping out, paying booth rent, and you're just trying to charge anything to get anybody to come into your door and sit in your chair. Yeah, yes, that's exactly what needs to happen. So I love it when, when the stylists come to me young and hungry. And then we start educating, like Tim, um, my assistant, he went with us for, this was his first time traveling ever. He hasn't even ever been on a plane. So I thought that in itself was beautiful that he was able to go with us. And, um, you know, just learned another experience. He had never really taken a full color class. This was an advanced color class. So he was able to sit in and do all of that with us and he enjoyed himself. So when he leaves me as a stylist, I don't know when he plans to, but when he does, he will feel confident to let out of his mouth, okay, yes, this is blah, 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 and this is how I will achieve that, and this is how I did it, and here's the bill. You know, <laughs> it'll be easy. So, um, yeah, it's just really confident. Even even um, after we left the class, a few of my stylists did have a problem with, the, with um, what Patrick wanted us to value the service at and we ha we had to keep hashing it out and kind of going over again uh with it because i was like no you know i'm buying the top of the line color i'm doing i'm, I'm coming in we're practicing at it on tuesdays and the client shows a picture and we nail it no it has to be what we say, say it's going to be because if we don't do it they will go somewhere else and they will pay it so it's not you know just charge your work. So they're, they're, they're able to stand behind me and I protect it. You know, I, I feel like if you're not ready to let those words come out of your mouth, then you need to practice more. You need to get more skill because it's not, it's not the fact that you can't do it. It's just that you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't, you're afraid. You're afraid of the client. You're afraid of the rejection or whatever. It's your own self-confidence. So, um, but again, the skill set need to be there. That's why we come and we train on Tuesday. So you got to be practicing it as well. So two, just taking out the time to carving out some time to practice and take classes and then people become more confident and then you not afraid to charge your work. But it's also some stylists out there or beauty professionals that do good work and don't charge. They mm -hmm. feel like more, they feel like if they get more butts in the chair that that's equivalent to what you know they need but really is more high quality clients in the chair less clients in the chair but high high quality that's what that's really what it is you have quality over quantity yeah definitely mm -hmm. yep Yep. I think, I think uh, definitely, um, I would love to see, you know, as I'm doing these events and things, I would love to see maybe a mindset class taught because I'm telling you, it's a mindset thing. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. For sure. 
Yep, it's, it's definitely a mindset. Sure. We have to change our mindset, you know, because I don't know what people are afraid of. You can't miss what you don't have, you know. So if I quote you, a, if you call me for a quote and I give you my price and that's not your price, then you're not my client. <laughs> you, know? you, are, you are now my client. And it's almost <laughs> taken personally. It's taken personally. I mean, if you, if you see some of the reactions we get, it is so hilarious. And I have to, I have to literally train my, my stylist, like, just look straight ahead. You know, at first, yeah, it's going to make you shiver a little bit when you first let the, let the cost roll out of your mouth or let the price roll out and tell it to them. But let the price roll out and look away. <laughs> you know, it's a whole technique. You know, until you until you can feel it and understand. Um, I had one of my stylists come to me the other day, and you know, when when you literally literally go to these classes and you have the breakdown done of what you did, the cost per hour, the time, you know, all of that, the cost per per product. When you have it broke down, it makes total sense. All the steps that you're doing, and even like. Um, we talked about Caucasian hair versus black hair. We do way many, way many more steps um, than they do even in preparing the hair. Mm -hmm. So we have to blow dry the hair. We have to set it. We have to do this, do that. You know, they, they do one thing, they blow the hair out and it's done. But we have to really put, a, put way more into black hair. So we, we have been shortening ourselves quite a bit. Right. And so she came to me. More frequently as well, like our hair require maintenance more frequently than theirs does. Yes, definitely, definitely. So I had to, um, she came to me, she was like, oh my God. As I was um, figuring out what my client was going to pay at consultation, I literally, a light bulb came on. I literally stopped and was like, wait a minute. Oh, this is worth every, every penny, every penny. And she got excited. And as a result, what happens is their sales go up, the confidence goes up, the sales go up, and it's a win-win for everybody. It's a win for the client. It's a win for her. It's a win for me. So we all benefit. So, I mean, and then they benefit as, as people because they know that they're doing great work. They know that um, it's, it's their purpose, and they're getting paid for their purpose. So that makes me feel really, really good that I could be a major player in that, you know, and especially mm -hmm. the girls that have came to me, they, they've been um, out of school for uh, the two that I'm talking about that have been with me for a while. They've been out of school for three to five years. So I'm not even, I'm saying you, you can make good money coming out, but you have to get under an umbrella that will place you in that position. You know, somebody that's already charging top dollar, somebody that's already confident in skills and that can train you and will help you build your self-confidence, help you build your self-worth and let you know what's hot in the industry and teach it to you and send you to training because my stylists, they, they benefit in the area where um, I pay half of their training for whatever classes, classes that they, they want to take. They have to just be with me a certain amount of time. So, you know, there's benefit all over the place. Yes, yes. Well, that's awesome. And I've, I, I'm so thankful for people like you in this industry 
who are, you know, training and pouring in to uh, up and coming stylists. And I think that it's an awesome thing. And people need to continue to no matter who they train with, but just continue to uh, work up under great leadership, especially when you're starting out. Like if you don't feel confident enough to uh, charge your rates, then maybe you should go assist. Maybe you should go work in a salon that will train you and help you get your craft and your skills to where it needs to be so that you can feel confident doing so. I think that's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I yeah. commend you for that. I think it's a great thing that you're doing in your salon. Thank you so much. I love it, though. I wouldn't even trade it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love it. I love it. It's a win-win. Awesome. So what's next for you? Like, what do you have coming up? What are you excited about right now? Um, of course, the sleeps. I'm excited about that. But I'm really excited about these um, this year-long coaching that I'm going to be doing because it's going to really take me to a whole nother level. I'm super excited about that. Um, just building myself as a woman. You know, we forget about that part, too. <laughs> That's a major part. So as I'm learning and growing and um, being more social and networking a little bit more, um, I'm growing in confidence as a woman and making the necessary steps and changes to build myself personally as well. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, it's a whole evolution. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Great. So how do you define success, Stephanie? How do I define success? Hmm. Happiness. I mean, I, I define success as being personally happy at whatever it is you're doing. Some people, it, it's, it's different for everybody. Some people might uh, feel successful because they're good parents. Um, you know, some people with their business. I define my own personal success as um, just doing the right things every day. You know, being able to contribute to other people's lives in a major way. Um, like for the girls in my salon, I, I see them growing every year and it makes me happy that they can reach their goals. We set goals in the salon for financial and personal, you know, that I can mentor to them as women. So that makes me have to stand up in certain areas and be accountable to myself so that they can see uh, certain aspects as women, um, as successful women. So just being able to contribute to my family, to the girls in the salon, anybody that I touch, um, I can cont contribute to their lives. That's, that's success to me. And when I can do that, I can sleep good at night and I can know that I, I did everything that I was supposed to do in a day. Um, as well as, you know, make some good money in, in the process. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what is your favorite book or or a book that um you're currently reading right now? Ooh, I'm reading like three books right now, Brandy. Uh so two of them are on audio. Well, actually, no. Yes. Okay. So two are on audio. Um one is um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a, 
<laughs> I know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is um, no compromise leadership. Um, I'm reading that for the salon coaching that I'm doing. And the other is um, uh, the culture code. The culture code is really interesting. It's uh, about how like successful companies like Google and Walt Disney and people like that, uh, companies like that, how their cultures are established and how they are able to be sustained over long periods of time versus just, you know, regular cultures. They're not, they're, they're above average and how they think and how they move and what their, uh, their strategies are. So, so, oh, and Devon Franklin. So my personal, you know, you have your business, you have your mental, emotional, and then you have your personal. So um, my personal is uh, Devon Franklin, um, uh, new, his new book, and The Truth About Men. And so I am not dating right now because I've taken on the, the um, it's not a challenge, but I just want to challenge myself to grow in all of the areas that I can grow in before my potential mate comes, which I don't think we're taught that, you know, we're taught to, you know, date and um, just have fun and whoever comes along, you just, you know, make it happen with them. If they like you, you like them. But I really, I'll be 51 um, on the 25th and of October. And I, want to see myself in another position in the next relationship I get in. So I w I'm preparing myself just as we will prepare, prepare ourselves for any other thing. I want to prepare myself for my next relationship. So I'm reading several books. So financially, mentally, emotionally, all of that, just getting myself in order. So yeah, Devon Franklin's book, I just, just started reading that one. And it's interesting, very interesting. Yeah, I like him. I've seen him um, preach on, you know, YouTube and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Okay, so what you what is your favorite business tool that helps you within your business? Hmm. My favorite tool. Wow. Okay, so I love techie i like um, i think i'm a techie person i can i think i can say that now i love all my electronic devices <laughs> um they make life way easier um our online booking tool is great i love square square is my favorite because um square like a lot of times when um my clients or well no i'll say the other side is when i'm away when I'm away mm -hmm. and the receptionist is gone for the day, they can use their squares to do transactions and I can see everything. I love the fact that I can um, have cameras in my salon when I'm on vacation and I can look in and I can see everything that's going on. I love the fact that I can just punch in on my iPad and know what the sales are and know how everybody's book is looking. I love the fact that I can do business anywhere I want to. So I'm kind of a techie person and I, I love it. I understand it. Um, I like advancing in it. So those tools are uh, extremely effective for me. Um, 
Yeah, that, I love techie, techie things. Awesome, awesome. Well, Stephanie, it's been absolutely great having you on the podcast today. I wish you um, much, much success in your business, and I know um, there's more, the, more to come for you, from you, and for you within your business. And I'm super excited about your salon suites and everything else that you're gonna um, bring forth in the near future. Um, can you tell everybody um, how they can find you online and social media? Yes, um, I am um, on Instagram at the Living Room Hair Lounge, all one word. <clears throat> and uh, online, we're www.vagaro, that's V A G R O dot com forward slash the living room hair lounge and on facebook we're the living room hair lounge and our phone number is 248-268-1632 and we're located um centrally downtown at uh downtown ferndale uh 22747 woodward avenue suite 204 and that's up there um kitty corner from como's and next door to the ferndale post office Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again. I'll make sure I include all that in the show notes. And that's it for today, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. And as always, stay great. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also, connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also, email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at exquisitelooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.